You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. There was a trend in uh, network television, maybe more so cable, I feel like. It started with Sopranos. I noticed it a lot on HBO, where the penultimate episode uh, before the season finale tended to be the, the big one, where, like, everyone died. Uh, now, I'm not saying that next week is the season finale, but I think we're circling the drain on this season. So there's a good chance this episode coming up is a penultimate-ish type ep. Uh, the only reason I think that is uh, we're all going to die and then play <laughs> new characters to finish out the, the fucking pendant mission. <laughs> anybody, anybody else feel that? Like uh, That's what happened with Riker. You know what I mean? Riker died in the... It was like a Game of Thrones type thing. Episode 9 of 10 is where you kill off the character. Uh, that I, I, That's what I feel like is, is is happening here. Your thoughts? Yeah. I think that the chances of us all dying uh, really rest upon how short a trigger Roger has on the whole situation, to be honest <laughs> with you. If you want to throw that on my shoulders, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of we've given ourselves a lot of options as far as ways to die sure going into this meeting so uh so we're in control yeah. we, we choose how control. we die. that's right <laughs> we're spoiled for choice as well which is nice we can we any any uh any 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 way that suits our fancy we can choose to expire well, based on the uh, story thus far, what you remember of it, um, you have your, you know, your, um, uh, not projections, what's the word I'm looking for? Your conjecture, I can't, your assumptions uh, about what is happening here, uh, who these people might be and, you know, what they might be uh, looking for. Um but yeah, I, I'm curious if you sort of think about uh, everything that's happened thus far and uh, the conversation that Roger had and and uh, where you're at at this point, what what you think uh, their motive is going into this? Because I think that you as characters would kind of want to know that uh, or, or have, you know, some thoughts about it, and particularly uh, people like Gavin and, and Caesar, uh, who put a lot of stock into Humint. I don't know if Magdalena did. Um, but just knowing and understanding like why someone wants something is something that I know is a priority to Caesar. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm just kind of curious what you guys think, uh, the, the motivation is here, or if you're, uh, just like, let's just see if we can feel it out, uh, by talking to them. I got thrown for a total loop because I thought I was doing my due diligence by doing human int on those CDC agents, handing them my card saying, get in contact with me at the coroner's office. And then they end up tailing us, you know? Uh, so part of it is it's like written in the very first, uh, couple pages of the agent's handbook of Delta green, which is Delta green. It lies. Uh, <laughs> it's like one of the core tenets of the game. It's true. It's like one of the first things it says about the game. 
So, yeah, it's difficult to say. I'm hoping I can get off a couple cheeky human rolls without really letting uh, go of our hand as we're going. And maybe on an important note where they don't believe us, maybe a persuade roll. Um, it's weird. I was thinking about, too, like, I'm not always sure exactly what to say to these people who are keeping all their cards by their vest. I was thinking about how oftentimes in a lot of other games we play, like, we give circumstance bonuses to diplomacy checks based on how good the speech is. Imagine if we did that for like swinging a sword at a monster. Like it's like <laughs> swing, here, grab that broadsword in the corner, Grant. Swing it one time and see how. Like it's it's tough. I'm so worried. And all those rifles, those rifles. Yeah, like if this turns into a firefight, We're you dead. know, I, I think Roger <laughs> can take out a, a, a few of them, but like most of us are going to die. Um, so if it comes down to them just being like, we want the amulet, or you know, I you know, I just don't know how this is going to. I don't, this seems unwinnable. You know what I mean? It's like, it seems like the GM has given us a, an unwinnable, uh, situation. So we either have to talk our way out of it or clever our way out of it because I don't think we can shoot our way out of it. No, not even with Roger. It's kind of like that. There's a scene towards, towards the end of the original Red Dead Redemption. I won't go into spoilers, but it's like, yeah, we have Roger, the Roger Comstone. But there's also, there's just too many guys with rifles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what scene you're talking about. And the thing is, if we had one more, if we had a Riker Solace, I think we'd we'd have a chance. And that's nothing. That's just not the way the other characters are built. So Roger, whether you like him or not, uh, is not going to uh, jeopardize everyone's lives. Um, He's going to take that into account. The fact that that's why what he was pontificating upon when he was sitting in the car. He's like, if I was with my original unit, this would be a lot easier. If things went sour, we'd just, we'd just, we'd fight. We'd go to war. You cannot go to war with this team. No. They're not soldiers. I imagine all this going through Roger's head so fast as you step out of the car and within seconds you see uh, out of these other cars a bunch of armed men uh, just getting out and he immediately weighs the odds, does the calculations and thinks to himself, uh, if I start firing off here, uh, I'm going to get everybody killed. Um, and so he's, uh, yeah, I, I imagine that, that, that that's exactly what he's thinking. And he's able to put all that together that fast, uh, just kind of weighing the odds as he's walking up. But let, let's get back in. So um, this meeting, uh, you saw two women walking uh, towards you from uh, one of the cars, one of whom uh, is... Uh, Eileen Parker and the other uh, of whom is, is a woman that you don't know. Um, and, uh, and then the CDC agents are like sort of behind them and then a little bit of a distance away. Armed men, uh, are standing there. And Roger, you get the sense, uh, just from your experience that, uh, that they, they seem to be you know, overseeing this, right? Like, uh, like security of some kind, uh, keeping an eye on you. Um, there's no direct threat at the moment, but the threat is unspoken. Uh, it's an indirect threat, uh, and uh, because they're already showing their their weaponry. Um, is there anything that you guys want to do, uh, whether it's mentally or or search wise or anything like that, uh, in the instance before we start here? I, I mean, taking your cue, I think I'll do. A, I will do a human roll just to see. Yeah. yeah, if there's any cues I can pick up on in the situation right now. Okay, so we'll so we'll Gavin. 
Yeah, so, I, I'd uh, like to Magdalena just. Will. I'd like to do alertness just to really assess if there's any other threats or things that I, are not immediately evident. Uh, thirty-one under forty for humans for Jordy. Four under sixty for oh. human for Gavin. <laughs> 28 under 40. Oh, sorry. No, what'd you get? Oh, please. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, 28 under 50 or 40. Uh, And a 50 under 84 for alertness. And a fail from Caesar with a 61 over 60. (laughs) He sets off the dog grenade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Make sure you check that off, Grant. Uh, And so... For those of you that roll human in these split seconds, I'm sorry, right? that's a sixteen. If that matters, sorry to interrupt. I misread my dice. Uh, okay, so uh, those of you that rolled human, uh, the immediate vibe that you get from the two women who you can see walking closer to you uh, is that they seem confident. They seem, uh, I mean. Uh, they don't seem too concerned uh, as they stroll towards you. That's all that you can tell at this point. Um, they're not super cagey or super defensive. They're just kind of strolling up to you. Uh, Roger, with your alertness, uh, you scan and quickly with your eyes. You're very good at this. You don't see any telltale signs of concealed weapons uh, on the women. Uh, and in the distance, because you're so good, uh, you know what you're looking at. Um you see uh, that these guys are wielding uh, extremely uh, high quality military grade uh, rifles, uh, some of which ha- have scopes on them. Uh, and so, you know, you're dealing with a legit outfit. Uh, this isn't stuff that you just grab on the black market. So uh, you, you get the sense that uh, what they're wielding is uh, high, high level stuff. I wonder if there's snipers too, like there were. Yeah. And with your alertness, you don't see anybody positioned like any muzzles pointing at you anywhere. You don't see that anywhere. You're looking on top of the, uh, the dumpsters in this recycling center. You're looking around the corners in the dark, whatever, as you're walking up, you know, just a 360 degrees alertness for uh, Roger. And on a success, you don't see anything like that. Um, as you we're, step forward, uh, we're the two all women, friends here. All yeah, friends. <laughs> exactly. You're all friends. Uh, as you step up, step up, the two women come close and uh, stop, you know, when they're maybe 10 or 15 feet away from you. Uh, and uh, the it, everybody's headlights are off and you're just sort of lit by the, the ambulant auxiliary lighting uh, of this place around the main office, which just looks like a shack in the middle of the place. And um, you see that this taller, uh, slightly older woman uh, has darker skin. You would guess that she is of uh, Indian descent, uh, Indian Asian descent. It sort of looks uh, to be that way. And uh, she steps forward and says, thank you so much for coming to this meeting. Uh, which of you is Roger Cumstone? Take a no. wild guess. You know who I am. Ah, I've not had the pleasure to meet you in person. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Dr. Rebecca Thornhill, and my associate here has said that she has a history with you, that you've worked together in the past. That's right. And Jordy. Are you Jordy? She points to Jordy. Yeah. Your powers of deduction are staggering. 
<laughs> says, <laughs> breathing from his oxygen concentrator. Well, Rachel has told me she knew you as well, and I'm happy to see that uh, Rachel. You... Mm-hmm. Rachel knew her knew him as well. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to see that you've come to your senses here. We are under a serious time pressure. I think you realize, and I don't want to waste any more time getting whatever this is out of Glen Ridge. Now, I appreciate the work that you have done, and it's it would be very helpful if we could work together on this. But ultimately, we need to get this thing and get it to our laboratories. So, Rachel tells me that you have already been underway in your investigation, and we understand you have a breakthrough. And she looks around for a second. An amulet. Are you aware of exactly what this amulet does? Can we pause for just a second? So Eileen Parker is actually Rachel Thornhill. Is that what you're saying? No, no. Her name is is Dr. Rebecca Thornhill, but she referred to this woman as Rachel. As Rachel. You know as Eileen. Eileen as Rachel. Okay. Okay. Also, hold on. This is like a retcon, and you can totally not allow it, Joe, but out of character. What if we give them the elder sign instead of the amulet? Do they know exactly what it looks? They have no idea, do they? Keep that in mind. We may need Just that. Just something, yeah, something to think <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, might be uh, like, All right, Jordy, give him the amulet. <laughs> <laughs> that is a brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> what are they going to say? This isn't it? And we'll be like, whoops, we thought it was. Well, it isn't in the trunk. Nothing's in the trunk. Nothing's in the trunk. No, there's nothing in the trunk. You better not go in there. (laughs) And just one other bit of speculation. Without entirely knowing what that artifact is, that could be even more dangerous, potentially, if we don't trust these people. Yeah, true, yeah. I suppose so. I suppose so. Well, I could... Oh, gee, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I was thinking, like, I could pull it out and break it because it's so fragile. It's like, ha, ah, no amulet for anybody. They but shoot then, us. I don't know. <laughs> then they just shoot us. I don't know. Well, let's get back to the conversation. She asks you if you know what it does. Does anybody respond, or do you just stand in silence staring at her? We have guesses. I think Magdalena looks at the uh, at Rebecca, doctor, uh, and she says, you don't know what it does? No, not currently. We have a team working on it uh, as we speak. We hope to get to the bottom of it very soon. And if it is uh, vital to the understanding or the finding of whatever is murdering these people, then it is going to be an extremely valuable piece that uh, I believe you have. Do you not? You know who's not murdering these people? The five of us. Five of us have nothing to do with this Glen Ridge chiropractor. Thought we were going to have a little conversation, but it seems that you brought the cavalry, which 
was smart, I suppose. I see neither of you are armed. It's good to have some backup, some real muscle, if your talking doesn't work out. Sure you understand that I could kill both of you before they get me. So I'd be very careful how you talk to me and how you talk to my friends. Maybe I didn't get a lot of education, but they did. I apologize if I came off as rude. I'm simply looking for a sharing of information here, Roger. You didn't think it was rude to have four meatballs come out of the car with rifles? Back where I come from, that's fucking rude. (laughs) Well, Roger... And I'm from Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) Let me be blunt, Mr. Cumstone. It's come to my attention that you had long been considered retired from the program for reasons amounting to uh, post-traumatic stress, uh, imbalance, uh, instability, uh, unpredictability. You should not have been sent into the field, Mr. Cumstone. And it is for that reason that we felt it necessary to bring protection for ourselves. We cannot expect you to act as as we would think, and so we must be as careful as possible. And you know while you're talking to her that these guys are out of your shot. They're far enough away that like they can't hear you. They're not standing right next to you. They're pretty far uh, in the distance. She says, but... And she looks over to Rachel, who you know as Eileen, and looks back at you. But we decided to gamble on the fact that you understood the difference between being outgunned and being threatened. I don't wish to threaten you, Roger. I just wish to protect my team. Well, I hope you understand. It's a real Mexican standoff for the speaking order there. (laughs) Pointing at each other. I think Sydney and I, our Zoom timing is just off enough that we can tell each other. There's just a hair of delay. Uh, It sucks. Um, You said you wanted to share information, and that was the point of the meeting. Well, if you think we have what you want, what the hell could you possibly give us? Well... I'm... What is it you're looking for? I thought we were all looking for the same thing. To stop this wretched thing from killing any more innocent people. Yeah, of course. And we go through our handler, who you are not. Listen, I don't trust you. I don't know you. I don't know who Rachel is. So how can I trust you? Give me something. Give me some good piece of information. Something juicy. She looks back at the two CDC agents. They nod. Ooh. She looks back to you. She says, You were the one that so cunningly slipped away with the lab report. Yes? 
Oh, this old thing? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you're talking about the lab report with the CDC agents. And she waves to the two guys. They wave back. <laughs> they each hold up a hand and then put their hands back down. Uh, arms or hands crossed in front of their waistband. Yeah, I didn't trust them either, which turns out I shouldn't have. So, sure. Did you have a look at it? Maybe. Why? Well, if you would have looked at the lab report, you would know who ran the tests on this gray substance and who is, as far as science is concerned, the leading agency interested in this. Are you telling me you stole the lab report and didn't look at it? No, I looked at it. And Sydney is going to look through the notes to see if she remembers what was on the lab report. <laughs> oh, I oh. looked at it. Okay, so I rifled through my you, bag. You stole the lab report. <laughs> Hold on one second. Let me tell you, you stole the lab report and never looked at it. Are you kidding me? Oh, did I no. really not? That's, but that's but I but Gavin did. Gavin did. Yeah, because I Someone emailed it to myself. Did. Remember. Someone did because Check we saw notes the corporate, Mister Handler. Yeah, we saw the corporation, or we saw. I was saw, just waiting we for somebody something. to say what's in the lab report. I don't, rem- I don't remember. It. I don't remember what was in it, but we. I remember I, de- I forwarded it to myself and then deleted it from the the computer at the. Right, the I, I do office. remember that. But did you ever examine it? Yes, it was. It got lost in the. It got lost in the shuffle of uh, the 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 idea to text. The to kid. draw him to the, to the oh, marina. Yeah. But I did. We did go back and say we. I re, re, re read the email in the car. We were in the car. Okay, so you said in the show that you examined the lab report. I'm. I don't think you did. I think I did. <laughs> but if let's you go did, back to the, then that's my to the tape. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I will. Uh, it's crazy the- that they wouldn't have. Just right, like, like last week, Roger knows not to shoot in the car. But there is that whole we never may have never said we yeah. did. Yeah, it. it's uh, like checking bodies for what they, what's on them. It's like something you assume they do. Well, I if you go to uh, roll twenty, you can see uh, the lab report. Um, definitely never seen this. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely never seen this. But <laughs> I remember, I remember you describing something about it. Oh, you said Archon. You said who it was. You said it was done by Archon. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah, that name because I remember you told us something. I guess I assumed when you said that, I was like, I read the lab report. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, kn- I knew all about it. Okay. Well, then let's assume you read the lab report. And uh, and she says this to you and you say, yes, I, I read the lab report. Uh, and she'll say, Archon, bioscience, that's... That's us. And we are very interested in making sure that whatever deposited this substance is never attacking an innocent again. So then wouldn't be the best course of action to destroy it? To destroy what? The artifact. Well, we don't know what the artifact does. It's possible destroying the artifact could draw the creature out. 
in which case and you know you can see she's changing her tone a little bit keeping her voice down in which case it would give us an ample opportunity to capture it but we simply don't know if that's how the amulet works destroying it might be a bit too hasty Roger starts laughing <laughs> he says I'm lighting up a cigarette he yells to the cavalry puts <laughs> his hands up reaches in lights up a smoke it's like when I finished my last mission and I moved away there was a time maybe a week maybe a month where I thought I got away thought I started over the dreams even stopped but it wasn't long before they started back up again I realized very early that I could never escape this then when I got the sign to come back it's a sign I was waiting for now that I'm back I remember one of the things I was trying to run away from in the first place not the monsters but people like you the real monsters the ones that want to use whatever's going on outside of the natural world for your own purposes hey I don't blame you if I knew how to do math and science maybe I would have got into that but don't stand there and act like we don't know what the fuck's going on here you want the truth from us and you give us the fucking truth Roger, the truth is that I am not in this for my own personal gain. I am part of an organization. I have people I answer to. Roger, it is the same organization that you worked for in the past. I I would have hoped that just seeing Rachel, her real name is Rachel. So there. That is a piece of information. I think I slipped earlier when I just said it, and the woman looks at her. Rachel, Eileen, Rachel, Eileen, looks at her. She looks back at you. We wanted you to feel comfortable, Roger. See a familiar face. We work for the United States of America, Roger. I'm not in this for personal gain. I'm in this for the protection of the American people. Have you ever thought that you could be on the wrong side of this? There were times when I was over there when I thought that. I was putting bullets through kids, lighting off explosives in churches. What the fuck is he Is that an official operation? <laughs> I didn't question my my sergeant. <laughs> Your sergeant told you to blow up a church? Your sergeant author- had the power to authorize this? It was incidental damage. <laughs> it was a hideout. They were hiding out in there. We had to blow it up. But it was during a service. <laughs> but it was during a service. 
The point is, <laughs> they were trying to use the other cargo gets as human shields. We couldn't allow that. There was a time. <laughs> there was a time when I was over there. I was making decisions that weren't mine, where I did question if I was doing the right thing, if I was fighting for the right side. I think about it every day. It haunts me. You don't know what it's like to live and die for the United States of America. But listen, we can sit here and argue all night long. This is going to end one way or another. What do you want? You want the amulet? Yes. And then what? We just go about our merry way? Tell our handler that, sorry, the mission not accomplished. Or do we tell them, like, oh, uh, another agency claiming to be the real Delta Green. They came and they took the amulet. Sorry. What's the end game here? I think I know how it ends. I see a few possibilities. But I want to hear from you. You have to decide for yourselves. If you hand us the amulet, your part in this story is over. You can go back to your lives and not risk coming face to face with this thing. That is what these troops are trained for. And she's referring to this group of mostly men, one woman in the, in the distance. They're well armed. Roger, between you and me, they have what it takes to capture this thing. You all do not. And I think that if you want to live, if you want to blessfully return into a quiet retirement, stay out of all this, all of you, it's it's not his decision. It's your own choice. If you want to get out from under this, give us the amulet and we will handle the creature. You'll have no responsibility. As for your handler, your handler has a different priority than we do. Your handler does not prioritize the defense of the United States of America. Who it's is as simple he as that. What is he prize? Who are we working for? We thought we were working for the same, the same team. In a way, you are. You know what? You're working. No. Those guns aren't for us. Those guns are for the monster that you and your team are so afraid of. You're not going to kill us. We're going to walk away. Actually, we're all going to get back into our car and we're going to leave because we never had the amulet to begin with. Why would we bring it here and risk that? So, you know what? I'm out of here. Fuck this and fuck you. And Magdalena walks back to the car. Why? She's a fiery one. She's wrong, though. We know you have the amulet. And, well, she is right about one thing. We're not going to kill you, Roger. It doesn't serve any of our purposes to leave a bunch of bodies on the ground of people who are trying to help people. But if you want to turn your back on your country... That's your decision. And you'll have to live with it. But rest assured, we will not stop until we get what we need. 
stay out of our way, and it'll be easy for you. Get in the way, and I'm afraid of what this creature might do to a law student, a rich boy, an ailing man. Looking at Jordy. Take your lives and go live them. Let us handle this. What does Archon want to do with the thing once you get your hands on it? We will study it. We will research its xenobiology. Its possible uses. Uh, Who knows? It could be the, the source of a great cure. It could be the source of uh, intelligence to stop this sort of thing in the future. There's a great deal that could come out of this. But simply killing it. What is that? Does that serve anyone? Uh, at this point, your high human w- w- leads you to believe she's not lying at all. Uh, that she's uh, believes in what she believes in. Uh, and that she's uh, just seeing this as an opportunity to study something and that it, she you can tell that she it just has the vibe of a scientist you know what I mean somebody that wants to research somebody that wants to get to the bottom of this uh, as opposed to destroying it which to her seems foolish and you get the sense that it's all above board and when she says that they don't want to are not going to murder you uh, here you believe that that's true I didn't yeah. like that she said it wouldn't be allowed once they captured it to kill innocents again, which left open the door, at least grammatically, to it killing non-innocents or being used as a weapon. Yeah, they're going to summon this thing, and they're going to use it in any way they want to learn from it, and part of that learning process may include unleashing it on people and studying that, unleashing it on people in a controlled environment. And studying that, uh, I mean, this could very well be Delta Green. Yeah, I mean, uh, we didn't get. I don't think we got a satisfying answer from her about what we should, what we're supposed to tell our handler and who our handler is, if we're, if not, you know, who yeah. we should be trusting. She may not know. Uh, I have an idea. So she mentions the possibility that this creature could be brought into being via the destruction of the amulet which I hadn't thought of before if that's true what we could maybe do is let them blow it up see what happens see what happens I'll pull out the amulet the the tablet cut myself with my pen knife read the the, the spell have us gather together and let them have it out. They may kill the creature. They they're they're on their back foot, so they wouldn't be in a position to capture it. Sorry, let me just correct a few things. One, okay. um, she said that she didn't know if destroying it would summon the the creature, uh, and if it didn't, it would be risky. So she didn't want to break it. Just to be clear about what she said. And then um, uh, the ritual takes hours. Oh, well, then don't listen to me. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, it's actually cool. Like, I, I'd love to get into I had it a some whole point. scene. Yeah. I had this whole scene playing out in my mind, but now it, it won't happen. So. I know. Sorry, we but it is it back at the hotel. It is a um, <laughs> then run a. Uh, it's a mechanical thing within Delta Green. There's tons of different rituals, and this is like one kind of ritual, uh, the Elder Sign ritual. And uh, for the most part, yeah, they take a long time to do. Um, okay. I have Gavin no idea not, what to do. Gavin is not like uninterested the, oh, in the summoning thing, but uh, sorry, go ahead, Skin. Well, I was just going to... I mean, now it's like if there... If there isn't a... Well, no, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I think what you guys have to just do is decide if you want to go against these people, which does not necessarily mean a firefight, but go against the wishes of these people to destroy everything, or if you want to side with these people to study everything. That's sort of the basic decision that's in front of you, and that informs all further decisions. Yeah, fuck them. Everybody on board with fuck them? Yeah, I want to know because nobody has any doubts. I do have doubts, and I want to know more. I like. I want them to. I, I wanna, have doubts. I, I, say, I have such this. doubts, Sister James. <laughs> such doubts. doubts. I'll say this: when Magdalena walked away from everybody, I absolutely. She absolutely calls Carson when she gets back to the car. She's just going to dial Ooh. Carson and see if he picks up and see like what this time relation is like where is Carson right now in this moment and is he related at all to the events that are unfolding okay Uh, everybody's outside the car and they're talking and we see it through the windshield as you sit down and you're just like fuck this and you pull out your phone and you call Carson you know it's 12.15 in the morning Magdalena? Carson, it's an emergency. What's happened? Be careful what you say. I think things might be compromised. We are in a situation, and it's a sticky one. Where are you? I'm, uh... I'm I'm home. Um... Are you in danger? Is somebody in danger? I think... Possibly. Uh, has anyone contacted you? No. What, what happened? I can't say. Not on this line. I gotta go. And I hang up the phone. And now I'm more confused. Gavin is gonna say, if you're asking us to disobey direct orders from our handler, I need a we need a better explanation from you about who you are and who they are and what we're if we what we would have to do to get out of it. We're under direct orders to destroy this thing. Yeah, I, Jordy is thinking there is no reason to believe or trust anybody who isn't our handler. Just knowing everything that Delta Green gets up to and the other parties that might be interested, I am on board with just letting this thing be destroyed and because I Jordy's like I'm not falling letting this fall into anyone's hands who isn't on the we know is on the side of our handler mm-hmm. and then just let the pieces fall where they may well Gavin, sorry go ahead Roger Roger's thinking about throwing a grenade uh, over near where all the uh, four or five whatever rifle 
riflemen are, and then um, killing the two women, and then dying from gunfire at the hands of the CDC agents. It's like playing out every possible scenario. How can he kill both? Maybe, maybe they'll be able to wield the Beretta. He's just working out like every possibility while staring at them, imagining the battlefield. Yeah, knowing that he's outgunned, running the scenarios over and over. Mm-hmm. Gavin uh, asks this question, and her response is, "Gavin, we." don't know everything about your handler and why he called you. We don't know. It's just not something that we're apprised of, but rest assured that I received orders very similar to you that were close but different. We were ordered to capture this thing, and this comes from Well, it comes from the people that your mother worked for. And then you hear Rachel behind her say, works for. She turns and says, I'm sorry, works for. What? She looks back at Rachel. Rachel looks right at you, says, there's information we could give you, Gavin, if, if you have the amulet. But we're not going to risk. We shouldn't be talking about it, Gavin, but I understand your confusion. And if I can help in any way, I I would love to. But we can't do it without the amulet. We have to get this information. You don't know anything about my mother. You would say anything right now to get that amulet, wouldn't you? And can I roll to human intelligence? Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I failed. Uh, yeah, eighty-one over sixty. Oh. Check it. Uh, she, yeah. So you can't read if she's feeding you a line or not. All right now. Now Gavin is even more confused. <laughs> <laughs> this We're is so, such a such a mindfuck because the organization is so secretive mm-hmm. that. Like we have, we have no idea, and we have no mechanism to check who. And also, Delta yeah, Green design. within Delta Green doesn't know stuff about Delta Green. Like she wouldn't know about Carson. Why would she? Like there'd be no information given. Yeah, so it's like, but that's why they they would know that there were, that we shouldn't trust anyone who isn't our handler. They'd have right. to know that. The thing that stinks like a fucking fish to me. Yes, yes, yes. But but remember one small thing: this other woman was your handler. It, not at this but operation. She's not now. Yeah, I know. I get that. But these aren't, these aren't total strangers. Is all I'm saying. There's somebody know, you know. But like, we can't. This is. We cannot trust anyone who isn't our handler. Also, do it. why? Why would Eileen, Elaine, whatever her name was, give her real name to this woman if it was still a Delta Green operation? That part is a disconnect for me. Yeah, they're dirty. Now, is there a chance that there's some other wing of Delta Green? Yeah. But I mean, like, and what they're saying actually problem. does make sense is the tricky thing. Like, yeah, if we destroy sure. it, it may unleash the monster and right. that would be dangerous. Or it maybe the monster, the amulet doesn't have any actual 
control over the monster except to summon it, and it can be summoned in other ways, so then it doesn't actually change anything if we destroy well, it. And there's a second amulet. Do they have that? <laughs> it Less sounds like they did, right? Well, Maybe no, because it's in it. Peru. It's in the museum we in We think Peru. it is. Oh, oh, right. Mm. Well, but this is the thing. This is what I'm thinking, is that if this thing can be taken down by any kind of conventional means, it's going to happen now. If, if it is summoned, like, like it's going to be, there, there's ten armed, like, trained people that will probably take it out if it can be taken out. So that's that's what I'm saying is, like, blow it up we either like get rid of the means of summoning it or we summon it and it gets destroyed or you know fuck it because like they're gonna get it anyway what is our let's go back to our what our actual mission is from our original handler it's to investigate and not let the police know what's going on and stop it from happening not actually correct. You're not okay. supposed to let the police know about any unnatural activity. Right. You need to let the police know who the actual murderer is and close the case. But we can't because that would also reveal what's happening. It's that ki- that teen is the murderer. It's not necessarily true. The, tre- the teen may be a, an unwitting accomplice of a monster. So, yeah, we could throw the teen under the bus, but like if they start actually investigating the teen, are they going to find bloody clothes and the murder weapon? No, then we just look like bumbling no. detectives. They might start finding out about like his connection to South America, and it might open up uh, stuff we don't want them to know. He that has part- no physical connection to the murders. It's all. It's entirely, you know, yeah, it's mental. all our. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all conjecture. conjecture. Yeah, we're the only reason. We're the only link of him to this murder, to these murders. I think our, what we should should do is just <laughs> kidnap the kid and force him to do the ritual in front of us. Yep. I don't think I still don't, I don't think, think he's he aware knows. of the ritual. I think it <laughs> just yeah. falls asleep and it summons the creature to he act out on his subconscious currently thoughts. Currently, the only person that may know, <laughs> yeah. unless his grandfather is still alive. Yeah, he, and he's really mad at me because <laughs> he's the I'm the only person he saw when he got jumped. So we can use you as the bait. All right, let's stop. (laughs) Rebecca Thornhill and Rachel basically just told you, Gavin, that if you hand over the amulet, they can give you information about your mother. I understand that's a lot to process and that you can choose to not believe them. That decision is put to you right this second, though, and you have to decide that this second. Um, You can walk away or you can hand them the the amulet or, or offer some information about it or... I mean, Gavin is one. I would say Gavin feels extraordinarily helpless because he also has been trained to listen to his handler. His handler said case, he wanted destroyed. Roll a sanity check. All right. <laughs> extraordinarily oh. helpless. You used the term. Oh my god! It gets me out of having to make a decision. <laughs> I rolled a one. Oh! Oh! oh. Critical. So, uh, all right. So you say he feels extraordinarily helpless, but how does he battle back from that? He takes no sanity damage. So what does he do? I mean, he just, I think he's just going to look to the the veterans on the team. He's going to look to Jordy. I mean, he doesn't really trust Cumstone, but he's going to look to Jordy and be like, like, he's not going to say it out loud, but his, his expression will read very clearly. What the fuck do we do? Yeah. Uh, And Jordy, with his own telepathic expression says, blow it up. So I have a question. 
who has the keys? Yeah, so the Caesar has been meaning to say this for a while, but was letting everyone talk. He is sweating. He's under pressure, but not extraordinary pressure. <laughs> I knew he was going to qualify it so he didn't have to do a roll. <laughs> <laughs> He's under pressure. pressure. But I wouldn't call it sanity roll <laughs> pressure. It's not... <laughs> Man, if you if you go in, if you go insane, then you don't have to worry. You're you're you can get out of here scot free. <laughs> Listen, this sanity is not sponge worthy, as Elaine might say. Oh no, that's Eileen. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he is sweating there, and he's just looking back and forth and darting in between. And he has his thumb over the key fob, and he's just going in between the lock unlock panic and trunk buttons yeah. and you're just kind of doing one two three four. Oh my God. one two three four one two three four and he's just waiting to see either shit go wrong with us he's now the, the thing that's complicating it now is that magdalena's in the vehicle <laughs> i would say oh. that's a minor complication <laughs> <laughs> So unless we can find a way to get Magdalena out of there, he's not going right. to press that button. All right, so um, we also have no way of getting out of there. Yeah, so you, Caesar is slowly running his fingers over the detonate button. In so many words, uh, Magdalena's in the car, talking to Carson, who answered, but is so paranoid about saying anything over the phone that could possibly point to this that uh, you you found yourself unable to explain and so you just hung up. You're sitting in the car. Ga- this question is put to Gavin. The amulet for information about your mother and he looks to Jordy and Roger. Jordy shares a glance that's like, fuck this, we're out of here. And Skid, you haven't, like, Jordy hasn't said anything. It's no. great to be in his head that, like, he's prioritizing his handler over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that play out in terms of action? What does he, what does he do in this moment when, when Gavin looks at him and he decides he wants to destroy the amulet? Doesn't necessarily mean you have to destroy the amulet this second, but, but what do you do in, in that moment when they're standing there? It's like a standoff. They've, given you terms uh, in, in, in so many words, give us information, give us the amulet, and you can go off, uh, but you don't want to do that, so now it's like action time. What do you do? Oh, man. So hard. Yeah, this is tough. So fucking hard. Because he de- he's definitely... It's, he doesn't want to sacrifice Magdalena... Especially, like, none of this, uh, any anything that we choose only has, like, a 60% chance of being the right choice anyway, at best. There is no right choice. I'll say that. Right. So, yeah, well, just, being, really, yeah. just being effective. Sure. I just don't want you to think that, like, you, you have to be a little more clever to come up with the right solution. Like, it's, right. it's, you know, there's See, no if right the, If decision. the kid, like, if he didn't know anything... And the the amulet was just acting off of his own hatred. Like we should have just put it on and seen if it, this thing appeared and killed the objects of our hatred. Oh, part of me wants to go in there, slice the dog open, put it on my neck, and see if it comes down and kills these <laughs> well, people. I think we know it has to do with sleep. Yeah, yeah. we know yeah. you have to be sleeping. The moon, the lunar, the sun is the the opposite of it. Whether or not you have to perform some sort of ritual and then go to sleep, or if you just sleep with the amulet on, we don't know anything about that. But the kid is Roger yeah. a narcoleptic on top of everything else. No, that would he, be really handy. That would be so handy. Uh, no, he has sleeping pills, but they don't really work. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. So Jordy uh, talks to Eileen, the for, former handler, 
And this is, hey, uh, sorry, um, a bit of a hypoglycemic. You don't have any, you wouldn't happen to have any high C in Turkey in one of these cars, would you? She looks back toward the car. No, I'm sorry. Nobody ever has high C in Turkey. And he turns back and says, Magdalena, bring me my high C from the, from the glove compartment, please. Magdalena reaches into the glove department and does pull out Jordy's high C, which he does keep in the glove department. <laughs> which is actually in the glove compartment. Uh, yeah, the glove and it's compartment. warm and kind of melted. Uh, she takes it out and she gets out of the car and walks back over to the group. Uh, knowing that this could be a signal for something, she kind of has her gun, like, feeling it against her thigh in her jacket pocket and walks back over and just says, Jordy, Thank here's you, your high dear. C. Thank you. Grape flavored, my favorite. And he takes a long sip, like jewels in Pulp Fiction, <laughs> staring at Eileen. <laughs> you know, if you want the amulet, and he looks over at at uh, uh, Grant's character. Sorry, I'm Caesar. Old. Caesar, if you want the amulet, all you gotta do. Get in the trunk. <laughs> it's in the trunk? Yep. Well, take us to it. Caesar? Come with me. And he's going to do a persuade roll to ask them to lead the way to the trunk. I'll open it for you with this fob. Okay. So here's the persuade. <sighs> I'm sweating. Not suspicious at all. Oh my god, right. Like, <laughs> please walk ahead of Mom, me. Mom, please, please, please. 34 under 60. <laughs> the only reason I, I. Part of me is thinking this is so horrible, but the reason I think this isn't horrible is like. If they are not Delta Green, and we think they aren't, then eliminating them is part of our fucking job. Yeah. 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 That's They're getting saying. in the way. They are yeah. compromising our mission. And yeah. like, oh, you weren't clear enough? I'm sorry. That sounds like your problem. Yeah. Except that uh, the other part of our sorry, job is what do you cleaning mean up cl- after this. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean by clear enough? Can you just explain that? You weren't clear enough. What does that mean? Clear enough that, like, who, who's the real Delta Green? Hmm. They're playing mind games. All right, so us. Caesar does this and says, I'll follow you. And I'm brave. Who? Yeah, and they seem to trust him. He's so smooth, but they don't trust him that much. So she turns, gives a little head nod to a couple of the guys in the distance. They walk over. Again, not raising any weapons, just holding their weapons down at the side, in front of them. And they walk until they have an angle on the back of the trunk and everything like that. And uh, the two women walk ahead to the trunk. Caesar, you follow them and you stay right next to them when they open it? No. <laughs> 15 to 20 feet away which is he leads about his the range. face right into the license plate can I also say when the women walk away Magdalena shoots off a text to Carson um, and just says uh, 
possible, possibly compromised Elaine Parker, aka Rachel, question mark, question mark, uh, can't trust anyone. Dr. Scooby Doo, Archon. Oh, yeah. And then I say <laughs> Dr. Thorn- <laughs> Thornhill, uh, Dr. Thornhill at Archon. Uh, with Delta Green, question mark, question mark, uh, emergency, all caps. Just going to throw this out there. Uh, if you blow that trunk up, we're all dead. Maybe. Maybe. They walk if around. You, if you blow the around, trunk up, they and walk around <laughs> to the trunk. <laughs> you have put this plan in motion. That text goes off. How's the they surface? They walk around. To the trunk. They're looking back at their guys. They look back at Caesar, who's like kind of oddly keeping his distance. And they're standing right there, the back of the trunk. Caesar, in his mind, is finishing up. And our father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Roger's got to say Thy kingdom come. (laughs) Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Trunk opens and the explosion goes off. Fragmentation flying. Slow down. Grenade. Yeah. Everybody slow down. You press you press the button to uh to the trunk. In that same instant, Magdalena had just sent off a text. And she's looking at her phone, and it just, whoop, and a response comes right through. And it just says, Parker, confirmed. Then in all caps, do not engage. To click, the trunk lifts up. This twine, tink, pulls a pin out of a grenade. And it's just like, slunk. Inside of a dog. And they're looking at this dead dog for a Inside of a dog, and clink. Oh, oh. The roof sits open. The women go, oh, God. What is this? Magdalena yells as soon as she gets the text. As soon as she gets the text, she just screams, back up. They start falling back. Like, what the? They start falling back. There is a dead dog in your trunk. (laughs) What? (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) What? A dead dog. Magdalena looks over at Gavin. A dead dog. What? They look over and see. I thought we poked holes in the trunk. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot all about it. Oh no! I could have sworn I poked holes in the trunk. Wasn't that a Christmas present? It's been five months. (laughs) Not Shoo Shoo. She's been in there since Minnesota. (laughs) Shoo Shoo. Shoo Shoo. They step back. This is. It's unprofessional. (laughs) Where is it? Looking at Caesar. Where is it? I don't know where it is. Maybe you want to have a dig around yourselves. All right. 
We're done playing games. If you don't have it, you don't have it. I think you do. But I warn you, you're playing with powers you don't understand. We could have worked together on this. We could have made sure that this was taken care of carefully and that nobody else died. But now, you're leaving it to us to figure it out on our own. And we will, mind you. Just try to not kill yourselves. And she walks back past the car, trunk open, piece of string just like hanging down. She walks back, walks toward her car, gives everybody these nods. They all just start getting in their cars. Click to click to click to click. Wow. Boom! Engines fire up. Lights come on. You guys are all just standing there in the middle of this thing. And they all just slowly start pulling out of the recycling center, one after another. The old dead Rottweiler trick works every time. Am I right? Why Dang, you t- the grenade goes off. <laughs> <laughs> Can we see what happened? Did it just... Was it a dud? Was it yeah, a dud? Roger, um, you knew uh, after five seconds passed and there's no explosion. Uh, you know immediately, you're like... <laughs> Yeah, it's actually not that surprising. Like, who knows how long that grenade has been in there? Uh, it's just, it's a dud. Oh, man. Magdalena leans against, once they walk back towards the car, Magdalena leans against the car and she's like breathing very hard. And she's like, okay, we almost royally fucked up. And she shows them the text and she goes, what does this mean, Cumstone? Parker confirmed, all caps, do not engage. Well, it means one of two things. Either she's confirmed, or she's not working for them. But Delta Green still thinks she's working for working for us. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling... Um, a bit on the fence about what confirm means. All of you guys are starting to feel the weight of all of this weigh on you big time. And as they pull away, the adrenaline just starts to like flow away and you start to start, you start feeling really tired really exhausted uh this day started with you slept in but it started with an autopsy and so it's been a hell of a lot has happened just today what Uh, a day what a day and uh and you're starting to feel the exhaustion come over you you've sort of decided that you don't want to work with them that you don't want to give them the amulet and that's all fine but now you have to figure out next steps you're exhausted you have to it's Saturday 
Monday, Magdalena is supposed to report to the police. You know you have this murder to solve. You know that they want the amulet and you have it. You also know that there's another amulet. They seem to indicate that they've got people working on it, quote unquote. You don't know what that means. But you know that they're well armed and well informed. Because don't forget, even though you know a little bit more, there's a certain degree to which I think your characters could give a little credit to who they are by how much they know. Mm-hmm. The fact that they know your former handler, the fact that they know about the supernatural, like nobody knows that shit. Nobody. So for you to like hear this in a meeting, it sort of lends some legitimacy immediately. Doesn't mean ideologically you have to agree with what they want to do, but it certainly stands to reason that um, they're not a bunch of, you know, random thugs. Like th- mm-hmm. this is, these people are legit who you're dealing with. Um, and as they pull away, you have all of these options in front of you. But again, you're feeling the weight of all of this and it's coming across in the form of, of exhaustion. If you stay up several more hours, you're going to start getting exhaustion mechanics. So uh, it's up to you guys how you want to handle it. Should I sleep with the amulet tonight? Oh, shit. That seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see Roger's dreams come to life. Joe is excited about it. I just yeah, feel like, I'm feeding Troy a thumbs up and an eager yes. I, mean, I just hold feel on. like we've got nothing else. Yeah, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have so much to clean up already. Having Cumstone unleash a supernatural being to prey upon the people he has grudges against just seems like the end of the world. Well, I would say out of Maybe all of us, Cumstone, nice Cumstone should not be the one to wear it because... He has so many enemies. <laughs> yeah, like the whole world. This is not a bad idea. I mean, this could be to my be tiredness. Fair, based on numbers alone, it stands to reason yeah. that Roger has physically, hand-to-hand, killed every single enemy he's ever had. <laughs> right. So there's probably True. none left. But what Roger has to contend with is that killing that many people is just going to make some more enemies. Yeah. It just never ends. <laughs> I mean... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, Magdalena, it could be her tiredness, but she's kind of on board. She's like, fuck it, wear the amulet. I don't fucking know. Oh, look, let me suggest this. I think the only way forward, as far as I can see it, is to break this thing. I think we get a good night's sleep, make sure the amulet's safe, whatever we do with it. Sometime tomorrow... We try to perform this ritual in an isolated place. Try to make sure that we ourselves are protected and we break the amulet. See what happens. What do we tell the police about who the murderer is? We don't have. We do, do they even have a single suspect? We have no one to pin it on. The only thing we could hope is that somehow the boy was a sonambulist and walked alongside and has like DNA evidence at the scene. That's the only possible yeah. thing. And that's such a long shot. That's the okay. thing. There's no actual even like fake evidence tying this kid or anyone else to these crimes. If I, if I may, um, you 
in my opinion, as a handler, uh, you guys are just regular people in real life. As far as I know, you're not criminals. And so it stands to reason that, like, you wouldn't just have within your knowledge base uh, the way to completely fabricate a crime, you know, the way that uh, a true criminal would. And I'm not going to hold that against you in the same way. I'm not going to hold against you that you don't actually know how to cast magic in Pathfinder. Like (laughs) your character knows and you roll dice for it. In this case, uh, I just want to point out some mechanics of the game, which are like you can use mechanics like law Mm-hmm. or bureaucracy or whatever yeah. or persuasion or whatever to you don't have to enact every part of a plan but you can say if I want to pin a false indictment on somebody my law skill is so high that it stands to reason y- your character knows a way to put an indictment on somebody what kind of evidence would you need what kind of whatever and even if it turns into a not guilty verdict you did your job Right. Like mm. your job, at least at the time, was satisfy the police if, if an, mm. an indictment satisfies the police. By the way, I am just completely yeah, coming yeah. up with this. Like it's not in the book yeah. at all. There's nothing about like the PCs need to get an indictment and that is satisfies whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that like it's no possible appeals. that that's all you would need. Right. Then another year goes by before there's a trial. Or whatever. Maybe they're uh, exonerated yeah. as long as there's no more murders. Who gives a shit? Yeah. So all we have to do is stop people from investigating it and uncovering anything supernatural. Exactly. That's your goal. My, I think my hang up is like, we need to have, yes, like I 100% like Gavin is, I, Gavin knows a lot more about bureaucracy, criminology and law than Matthew does. But I feel like it needs whatever theory we need to come up with needs to pass the smell test. And these people were decapitated, their spines yeah. ripped out, and seem to have been dropped from a uh, a, a high height. Like we I mean, can't just be like the teenager did it, right? Like right. yeah, that's the thing is that's sure. the, the crimes are so weird that you even have, so here's sure, but, my idea. Here's my idea. Okay, the detective. The detective had a suspicion that it had to do with the with the Grumman facility. Northrop Grumman, yeah. And maybe and we can if we can find a way to be to like use our bureaucracy and law skill to be like the case has been uh referred to a higher, you know, to a high to a higher to a higher a higher power and wink wink nudge nudge it's been closed. Or maybe we can use the equipment in the RV to invent a fake Grumman employee that we can mm. pin this on. And say that they, uh, burdened by the weight of their crimes, they killed themselves and we found the body and we'll just, yeah. Roger will go find a body. The and body was found them. outside of the jurisdiction of the police department. So okay, hold on, hold on. This is crazy. And we what print an ID tag and we're like, here's the crisp, burnt ID tag, you know, like uh, just a death certificate, uh, really. All we need to right? We, sure. And then we found we can, this guard dog eating his body after he killed himself. Joe, can I roll um can I roll criminology real I would assume maybe we're talking about this in the ride back to our hotel. Um because Magdalena needs to go to sleep. Um can I roll a criminology to see sort of like what our best course of action might be in that sense of like how to close the case in that way. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I don't have a high criminology, but I do have it. I mean, I can roll it too. It's fine. I do. It's fine. With Gavin in your party, you would know. I don't, you don't have to roll. With Gavin in your party, you would know that 
it, it's a great idea to feed right into the detective's preconceived notions. You know, as a law attorney, as a, an up and coming law student, that one of the things they teach you is that like most cops are going to find the evidence that supports the theory they already have. It, you know, it's sort of a basic premise of psychology, not let alone criminology. And uh, if you can feed into that, and and leave it to some you know magical secret government device. Uh, it stands to reason that it could uh, create a dead end, uh, but you don't want that dead end to raise too many questions. So if that dead end is a person that's dead, you know I, I think you guys have the idea. The the the, the, the yeah. It's just about how to actually put it all together, which to me, I don't need you to do that. I just need you to roll for that. And that's a combination, whatever you want it to be. Law, criminology, um, uh, bureaucracy, bureaucracy. Right. Bureaucracy is not quite right. But but forensics for forgeries or anything like that. Forensics. Exactly. So, like, you don't necessarily have to have DNA to get an indictment or, or to get. Uh, people off your back about who did this, you know what I mean? Like, or to get the cops off your back. You just, like Skid said, you just need to stop them from investigating the murder. That That's all. That's really your goal. Maybe actually, you know, maybe Jory can use his writing skill to come up with a whole story of who this person is along with motive and what happens it's called, with him and so, everything. Right. So you're a fake FBI consultant. Actually, you're a real FBI consultant, but you know that you're a little bit fake. Why you, all Jordy Jordy knows. He just needs to throw some terms in there like uh 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 oh my god. What am I, why did I uh, profile He's profiling, yeah. right? You've been yeah. collecting this evidence and you've been doing a psychological profile of who this killer is. This killer is this age. Mm-hmm. They work for Northrop Grumman. Mm-hmm. They da 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 da. You know, and then you know, you just have to to give them that that person, whoever that person is. You know what I yeah. mean? Just fill that, and then you write that whole story. And I mean, people look at an FBI profile from somebody who's officially. FBI might not be a field agent, but officially FBI mind, and it carries a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, okay, so closing the case. There you go. I'm not saying it's closed. I'm just saying that's your idea that's before you go to sleep. What about the Winnebago, though? Is, are we done with the Winnebago? Yeah, so the Winnebago, and you never Davies. said it, but I assumed you locked it up when you left and left things as well as you could, except for the blood spot of the dog and whoever knows how long it took the cops to get there. Um, but the Winnebago, as far as you know, is still accessible and, and locked up. Is yeah, that- I, want, I wanted to listen to the tapes that were in there, actually. Oh, yeah. Because we have all that audio software anyway. Here's um, here's the lingering thing for me is we still have to figure out how to get Magdalena out of her 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 situation and maybe assess whether or not Tommy actually had some agency in the murders like or if there's anything else he can use you know mm. supernaturally I'm not mm. gonna, like my theory still is that he didn't have any like it just happened because he was sleeping he was wearing the amulet but I wor- I do worry what about Bennett Davies and Tom Terrific? Is there anything in there? Are those anagrams? I've been playing around with Bennett Davies ever since last week, and I still haven't got anything. But I'm wondering if these are clues. Or is the Winnebago just like a Delta Green drop box where like Delta Green agents can go do shit that they need to do that is untraceable? That maybe is what it is. It is that's, that stands to reason that's what it is. 
Okay. It doesn't mean that there's not some meaning to Bennett Davies. It just means that this isn't a once in a lifetime sort of like thing. It is uh, pretty common to highly secretive uh, espionage groups and stuff like that. You know, an area, a hideout, a, 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 a green drop, you know, a place where you can exchange things uh, and hide things uh, that are very sensitive. All right, so it's not, there's no connection there to the crime, most likely. Uh, Do we think maybe we could get, we could talk to Tommy and find a way to at least get him to, like, rescind his complaint against Magdalena and get us out of that, and also maybe somehow compel him to be afraid of us? <laughs> I, I almost feel like I should just pull the I'm an adult and you're lying card. You know, all he, mm. it's his word against mine, which sucks. I mean, in reality, this is like a messed up power situation, but I said I was with you guys and I can't like go back on that. So as long as I stick to my story that like we were at B&H, we were in the city, I do not know what he's talking about. It must have been someone else. Yeah, it is interesting. The one scene I did want to see with him, now that he's not empowered by the amulet, was to enrage him. To say, like, you had a teacher, you're not so happy with Di. Now we know your sweetheart's dead. How do you feel about that? And really push him to the edge and see how he feels about and it. And your dentist, you loved him. You <laughs> loved him. You loved the Novocaine he put in you. You loved the drilling. <laughs> So you rest. So yes. nobody does anything tonight. I think Is we're all right? exhausted. I think we're all exhausted. Yeah. Roger just Jordy puts, does, puts Jordy the amulet on and lays down. Jordy okay. stays up for a bit, uh, kind of writing an outline for his story. Okay. Before he goes to sleep. But then gets some sleep. All right, everybody gets some rest and wakes up the next day, Sunday, early in the morning. No calls on your phones. It's a quiet, cold February Sunday morning on the North Fork of Long Island. You've got the whole day ahead of you. What do you want to do? Magdalena is supposed to meet Monday with the police. What do you want to do? Uh, Jordy is going to use his writing and his criminology and with consulting with everyone else to come up with the crime story. Okay. And I'll and use my criminology and my law and bureaucracy to help fabricate whatever evidence we need to support Jordy's story. Yeah. Figure out what we need and and yeah. So that's a collaborative effort uh, for most, I guess, most of the morning. Uh, Gavin, as you're doing some digging on this, uh, trying to pull the correct evidence, um, you come across some shocking and very interesting information. Go on. You happen to notice. Could it be a coincidence? Or is there no such thing as a coincidence in Delta Green? <laughs> you happen to notice that Thomas's father is employed at Northrop Grumman. What? As you're going through a list of employees or maybe what they do, what their titles are, what their age, what ages are, etc., to sort of try to fabricate some evidence, you see the name Dangler 
and you're just like, it's on a website, guy, headshot. It says, <laughs> dangler. And uh, you're like, what the fuck? And you do a little bit more Googling, you know, just within, you know, within the town sort of shit. And you're able to connect it back just with pure fucking law student research that Thomas's father is employed by Northrop Grumman. That's just how it's just a fact. It's a fact in the world. Doesn't mean that it's what you're supposed to do anything with it, but it's, it's just a fact. What's his job title? His job title is, it says right under his picture on the, on the webpage, Aerospace Components Engineer. Mm. What do you do? Put it I, all on, uh, on him. And put it all on the dad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no reason to pin it all on this guy if he actually is You should if, see if this connected. guy's picture. Oh, the website. <laughs> he looks like the nicest guy on earth. Sorry, what do you Oh, doing? okay. <laughs> so if he looks like an asshole, I don't feel bad. But Let's continue he's with the finger. It is, it is <laughs> his, his corporate headshot. Oh, fuck it that guy. Corporate. That guy seems like a real dick. Let's continue yeah, with our plan to pin it on an invented person. Yeah. But I will bring it up with Caesar and Magdalena to see if they maybe they could do a little background research on Dangler Sr. Mm. Absolutely. Also, also, also. We can really sow the seeds to the local police department. You know, we can sort of hand them the clues and sort of say, you know, oh, we found out that Thomas Dangler's father works at Northrop Grumman and we've been looking into them. And, you know, it seems we don't have any, you know, we don't have anything that's that's uh, that we can share. But like, it seems there might be a connection and sort of, I don't know, maybe they'll dig shit up for us. Well, yeah. And during our research too, I was just thinking about ways to use different skills and, and one skill that doesn't get used a ton is accounting. If we ever get to see financial information for any pertinent individuals or company wide on Archon or in Northrop Grumman, that's available through the FBI or local police databases. I don't know if Caesar can do any roles to show connections between people that align with any of our theories hmm. or, or at least could kind of like drive a money motivator theory forward if we're fabricating a case. Yeah, yeah I think um, I think so Magdalena's that's how they got Capone. I think Magdalena's working yeah. with you then, Caesar, uh, on like the tech side of stuff, and I'm literally doing like the CSI generator thing where like the faces flash through the screen as it's rotating through uh, all the characteristics that I put in so I'm like must be blah 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 height must be the must be working in this field must be blah 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 yeah so I don't know if if you want me to roll for that or I spend the better part of the day no, doing no, no. it no no um no it, it it's fine it's fine um you you can do all of that, and North Grumman has a ton of employees, and you see that the, it just spits out uh, to you with with your like background deep. You're, you're hacking now. This isn't like what's on the front of the site. Uh, you're basically hacking, and uh, you are able to. It, it pulls three employees that would like fit your mo. Mm-hmm. Mo, not mo, whatever. Fit your profile. Mm-hmm. One of which is Mark Dangler. Oh. Huh. Really? Hmm. Magdalena looks at Caesar. Oh, God. Oh, and Gavin. God. Let's dive into his books. See how dirty he gets. Can I roll on accounting to see if he's done anything unusual? 
Uh, or he, yeah, yeah. Any research totally you do, like none of these people have any sort of criminal record okay. or anything like that. Okay. Well, I'm happy to use accounting to like fudge a weird financial transaction with the dentist. Something that mm. went wrong that would motivate the first crime. The checks, okay. the checks bounced and the dentist freaked out and then the son murdered. <laughs> no, but that's right. You don't have to go into any great detail. You're looking to pin this on Mark Tangler, so you're going to plant evidence. <laughs> Why are we pinning it on Mark Tangler? Maybe if he had been a better father. <laughs> I don't His even son know. Done this. He's guilty. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Well, it said that the son shall not suffer the sins of the father, but not the other way around. So That's let's pin it on the dead. So we're wide open there. But again, why are we doing this? Yeah, I'm still on board with inventing... <laughs> inventing a person. Yeah, a a, uh, a black ops Grumman employee. Well, don't forget uh, it was the kid's grandfather that was involved. <laughs> like, maybe the dad, maybe the dad isn't clean. Well, but that doesn't matter. If that's true, then we still need to be able to close the case, which would... We don't want the dad talking to the cops. So, better sure, to but just close maybe, it and then deal with the dad ourselves. I think, yeah. we need to, yeah. I think we need to meet with him. And now well, we, gonna, we've yeah. opened up the back doors necessary to insert uh, artificial identity of uh, all of our creation to create all of the forged documents... Social security cards, birth certificates, anything we need to leave a paper trail of a person without there being a person within Northrop Grumman's system, uh, if we need to go that route. (laughs) So you found all of their identification, but just not them? No, I'm saying we have three people we could pin it on. We're reluctant to pin it on because Matthew has a heart of gold. (laughs) <laughs> just, it just raises more suspicion about no, I, what I, was I, actually I going on to pin it on the kid's dad. I like yeah. that he's upset at being told he has a heart of gold. You, <laughs> you, you wonderful person, you. I love you. Um, we, we have these three people. I'm just saying we have the back door open to insert a personality that we can create to pin it on because we don't want to go that way because it's going to create more suspicion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like a consultant or something, someone that... What all, very few people would be expected to f- personally know at the company. Yeah. You know? Okay. Roger's going to go out for a pack of smokes. It goes down, leaves the hotel, heads down to the uh, corner store, gets a pack of smokes. As he's walking back, uh, he sees a payphone and uh, looks at it. He kind of shakes his head and then walks a little bit and then looks back at it. And uh, rips open the plastic on his uh, pack of cigarettes, pulls one out, turns it over, and makes it a lucky. Then grabs a second one, lights it real quick, and starts walking towards the payphone. And he's uh, he's smoking for a little bit frantically. Um, and he picks up the payphone and he uh, drops a coin in, and uh, he presses. Few numbers and then uh, kind of lingers over one last number, number nine, and then dials. And he's calling his ex wife. Oh, wow. North. Click. Hello. Hey, hey, uh, hey, uh, Norma, it's, uh, it's me, Roger. Don't, don't hang up. Don't hang up. What do you want, Roger? Listen, I, um, I, I've been meaning to call you. I'm, uh, 
I'm back. Back, uh, back around, back in the Northeast. How, how are you? Roger, I don't want to do this again. I, you can't come around here. No, I, I know, I know. I just, uh, just thought maybe I'd check in with you and uh, let you know that I'm, I'm back and uh, I might, might not be here for uh, a long time, but maybe oh, we you, should. Are you uh, going back to Puerto Rico? I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna, where I'm gonna end up. Got a job. I gotta finish, but I thought it'd be nice if maybe we could just, uh, you know, connect. Maybe grab, grab a bite to eat. And, uh, maybe I could see him. What? I don't think that's a good idea, Roger. I just thought it'd be nice. I got some, uh, some baseball cards I was gonna show him. I think he'd really get a kick out of them. He can't, can't buy them anywhere. They're, they're priceless. I was just gonna give them to him. I don't want to send them in the mail. They'll get all, they'll get all wrinkled and they'll, they'll lose their value. And I got some other stuff, some shirts. I was gonna, gonna bring them. Yeah. Roger, you know I want you to see him, but... I mean, if you give him stuff, Eric's going to know about it, and he's, he's going to get upset. I, I don't know. I don't, you know. I don't really care about Eric and what he wants. I just want to see my son. I know you don't, Roger, but you know what? It affects my life, and so me, so I care what he thinks. He's not his dad, you know. He's not his dad, and he never will be. I don't want to fight. Me neither. And he hangs up. Walks away. I like the idea that that whole conversation is like you just hear her voice through the phone. You never see her. Yeah, you yeah. don't know what she looks like. Um, John McClane's wife in Die Hard One. And so mechanically, that moves his bond score from her. Finally, it comes full circle from six to three. Oh, okay. As he's projecting on his bond, projecting his sanity. Awesome. Okay, so you guys are spending the day, you know, kind of creating a, a story, a profile for this killer. Uh, the the uh, figuring out how to plant the evidence between Magdalena's hacking and Gavin's law, uh, law knowledge, uh, and Jordy's just way with story and words that make it fit in such a way that anybody could easily digestible. Um, He's you, known for his plots. Right, he's known for his plots. Uh, you guys are able to put together what you look back and think is a pretty convincing story, but it, it takes you pretty much all day. Um, is that all you want to do today? Um, Magdalena confides, and after Gavin has done like this, you know, good law research that led Caesar and I to look further into Northrop Grumman, I think she confides in Gavin and, and says, "I'm." a little worried about tomorrow about the meeting with Detective Gregson well in your professional opinion uh, not that you're my lawyer but um what would you suggest I do hypothetically 
I'm glad you said hypothetically because I'm not a lawyer and I can only, if I were if I were to say I was a lawyer I could only give hypothetical advice. Um, can I roll a criminology to see like to give us to think to like give me some insight onto how we should approach this with the cops? I also have a 50 bureaucracy. Could I roll alongside and see if we think of anything? Um I just want to put out there that Roger, when he comes back, is very ornery, more ornery than usual, and says uh, that he wants to trail the dad tonight. Oh. Cool. Uh, You sure that's a good idea? I mean, kind of want to wrap things up here, I think. Yeah, no, I think what what you've come up with is a good idea, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes you just get an intuition and you got to follow it. Maybe it's nothing. But uh, I already have trouble sleeping. I won't be able to sleep until I know he's clean. Well, yeah, all right. I mean, I I trust your instincts. Just don't, uh, don't hurt anybody, okay? Yeah, you want to come with, Jody? Uh, yeah, why the hell not? Be good to have company. Sure, yeah. All right, so you guys uh, are going to tail, try to pick up and then tail Mark Dengler uh, while the rest of you are going to put together this this plan. I, I'll say with a with a 50 bureaucracy, uh, you, you're confident about how you bring it to the police, at least whether it all, you know, uh, comes out the way you want it to remains to be seen. But it's certainly not going to be the way that you present it. That's going to be the problem. So you're going to be fine on that. Uh, you, you have a solid plan. Uh, Jordy and uh, Roger decide to follow Mark Dengler. And as you guys uh, are waiting in a parked car, like near the Northrop Grumman facilities, you know, it's just waiting to try to pick up what kind of car he's driving. Uh, you know what he looks like. And so you're kind of waiting for him to leave. Um, you have uh, uh, a, a news radio on uh, from, you know, the local area. And it's just sort of giving you updates on like stuff that's going around. And for the first time you officially hear over the radio, uh, the announcer saying uh, the latest victim in the Glen Ridge chiropractor case has been identified as local high school junior Lauren Hotvin or I'm sorry, Lauren Harrogate. Uh, he corrects himself on air. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Harrogate. Uh, the teen was uh, reported missing from her home at 10 o'clock p.m. and was later found dead and decapitated by the Glen Ridge chiropractor, uh, you know, allegedly by the Glen Ridge chiropractor at the corner of Route 23, Route 25, and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, now you see that they have, like, released the the name and, the, you know, the evidence of, like, uh, who the person was. Um and you wait and you see this guy uh, come out. Uh, you recognize him. And uh, he gets into his uh, Nissan Altima. And uh, <laughs> That's this car I made up in my head. I was saying to myself, oh, wow. Nissan Altima. And so, and so Roger was like, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Altima Typical. all the way. <laughs> Black Nissan Altima. So uh, he gets in the car. Uh, he pulls out in front of you guys and, and starts driving. Um you go to tail him and uh, you start following him uh, through town and you don't even need a drive check. It's so simple. He just drives right home, parks outside of his house, gets out of the car, walks up to his front door. Seems pretty routine. Seems pretty routine. 
which is exactly what he wants you to think. Yeah. <laughs> Jordy turns to Roger. Kill him. <laughs> Finish him off. Roger's just like, I'm in so deep now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's right and what's wrong. Something just doesn't feel right. Could it be just nightmares of this kid? I have nightmares every night. People don't end up dead the next day unless I choose to do it. I don't know. It's this thing. It's this thing and the dog. I I don't know if there's something more happening here. But we know something with this thing. It's amulet. I don't know. It, uh... It, I don't know. It scares me a little bit. What if we went to Peru? I'd love to go to Peru. Go to Peru, though, and get the other amulet. Oh, for business? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think... uh, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Peru would be nice. Yeah. Be hard to... Hard to find somebody that just left and went to Peru. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we can make use of that, uh, that, uh, ID creation stuff at last. Yeah. Might be nice. I guess we should get back. Takes one last look at the house. Sees, like, the guy walking around his living room, pummeling his wife. <laughs> My Jesus. God, he, what is right? I knew it. Get in there. Yeah. <laughs> Up against I the blinds. <laughs> Roger takes a shot. Right. <laughs> I knew it was dirty. <laughs> Roger walks up, pulls all the Christmas lights off the house. <laughs> Christmas is canceled. <laughs> um. So the guy's totally clean. He's not doing anything. He's not. He's not doing anybody anything. Up. At least not tonight. Not Sunday night, ma'am. He's just. Just chilling. He's watching them play off football. Oh, Catch him sorry. doing something. So I'm still a Super Bowl in February. Jordy is still leaning towards. Oh right, it's February, not uh, January. Oh, get him! Sorry. What <laughs> <laughs> caught his line? <laughs> I knew something wasn't right. So he's not watching shit, and he's depressed because <laughs> it's late February. It's a oh. Horrible time. Between the Super Bowl and March Madness, is nothing. Watching the Islanders is super depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm still. Jordy is still. I think wants to destroy this thing, perform the ritual to protect ourselves. Or actually, we don't all need to be there. Um, Gavin is interested in the ritual itself. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe he is. And maybe maybe he uh, he he finds Jordy when you get back, and he's like. I heard what you were saying about the the ritual, and I uh, I think I could be interested in that solution. Yeah, I don't know, kid. You're young. I mean, something goes wrong. You got your whole life ahead of you. Me, on the other hand, right? But if something goes wrong, you're old. What are you gonna do? He smiles. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. You remind me of your mother a little bit, more and more every day. All right, if you want to join, I'm I'm uh, I'm ready to do this thing. 
Are you going to do it? So do we sneak off into the night and perform yeah. the ritual? Yeah. Then we go out into the woods. Just the two of you? Yeah. Oh my god! Holy shit! <laughs> Alright, so without anyone else's knowledge... You don't even wake us up to like tell us. You no, just go do we it. just go. Because I think Jordy's like, I don't want them to try to talk us out of it. I don't want them to join us because if something does go wrong, I don't want to put the whole group at risk. And Gavin doesn't want to admit to that many people that he's into occult rituals. Yeah. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Do I need to look up a new section of the rules? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm i just going to move forward assuming that Gavin understands with his <clears throat> occultish background that you know this isn't just like flipping a switch. It's pretty intense and it can have an, an effect on, you know, the operators, the people that engage in these rituals. Uh, and I mean, it's right out of the book. It's mechanical. But Gavin would know that there is can be some damage associated with it. Uh, uh, you know, whether that is uh, blood, you know what I mean, or or a sanity or whatever. You know, you're putting a lot at risk doing a ritual like this. Uh, so as long as you're aware of that uh, and you want to proceed, feel free. Gavin is going in eyes open. Okay, excellent. Oh, I'm so happy. All right. <laughs> so you guys sneak off, and the two of you uh, begin this ritual. Now, you know that it's going to take a couple hours, and um, you're going to uh, be, you know, you've already sort of researched a decent amount of it. Now it's just a matter of... Uh, of actually enacting it, which from what you're reading requires you to draw the blood of those that are participating, the participants run it over something smooth and then onto the clay tablet while saying the words fucking crazy. <laughs> when I heard Jordy say, Oh, the protective ritual, I was like protective. Yeah. I, what? <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. What do we? What? So, what is our something smooth skid? I got a my BlackBerry screen. <laughs> gonna, like, drain Amazing. the blood over the BlackBerry screen and onto the tablet. <laughs> that is so great, fucking BlackBerry, perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right. So out in the woods, we see uh, them, and maybe they light a little fire so that they can see, and uh, they hunker down and begin. This creepy ritual. <laughs> uh, I will say I refuse to read the actual words uh, that are written out on the uh, the image you show us in Roll Twenty, uh, yeah. just in case this is real. Right, I'm a little <laughs> freaked out too, but if you want me to read them, I'll read them. <laughs> Begin reading. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. I need the, the Roll Twenty page. We're still on the medical uh, report. Yes, right I'm now. sorry. I apologize. Uh, Make them up, Skid. You know that. I actually <laughs> have it in the journal, too. I just haven't done it yet. I gotta unlock it in the journal. But by, okay. by all means, go ahead. Alright, so Jordy is it's like they both, he has his little pen knife and they like slice across their palms, I guess, and like dribble it <laughs> over the blackberry onto this clay tablet as Jordy reads. Okay, and as you're reading it, you can 
you feel something uh, is happening. Like, hard to describe what it is, but Gavin, you can feel, uh, you know, as the blood is, is pouring out over this thing, that it is actually draining from you in a way that's uh, rather <laughs> upsetting. Uh, and it is, uh, it's more blood than should be sort of coming out. And, and you can feel that you're getting like lightheaded and, uh, and you're actually, you're taking hit point damage. So it is, you're taking 1d6 points of damage as this thing seems to be sucking blood right out of your system. This was not in the original deal. (laughs) I know. I'm like trying to figure out how to tell you that like there's a cost without telling you the actual cost. Uh, But it's, it's pretty bad. 1d6. Do you want to roll it? Do you want me to roll it? Uh, You can roll it. I'll roll it. It'll be no, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> It'll be so funny when Comstone and Magdalena wake up and there's two more murders completely unrelated. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you two, two in the woods. Desanguinated corpses lying in the forest. <laughs> Just up I to take- Caesar, Magdalena, and Roger. <laughs> <laughs> the dream team. The three um, I want to be D'Artagnan. <laughs> so it is... Uh, I take two points of damage, by the way. Two points, okay. And your uh, your blood is hitting this tablet as it's running over Jordy's Blackberry and just like <laughs> soaking into the tablet. It, it's not pouring off the, the the tablet. It's going into it. And it's just like, there's no like flash. There's no like magic to it or anything, but it, it does seem uh, unnatural the way that the blood is seeping into the clay. Um, all of a sudden, you uh, drop the tablet and the, the blackberry at the same time just like boom and the the tablet just hits like soft ground it doesn't break or anything and both of your heads just snap back and uh i need you both to roll a sanity check <laughs> oh, this is i was more expecting this <laughs> yeah this is what i thought the cost would be <laughs> not blood <laughs> oh great uh 13 under 56 Oh no! I, I pass. Gavin's okay. Jordy, no! <laughs> oh, Jordy, you're going to take four points of sanity. Oh damage. my god! Oh. And there's hit point damage. There's sanity damage. But then there's something else. You feel as if this ritual is drawing your very life force out of you. I mean, to Jordy, I almost think it, it, it might feel like, like a, a whisper or a voice inside, deep inside. That's just kind of going, let go. That's just begging you to stop fighting, to stop standing up to the, the rigors of life, the, the struggles of existence. Just, just like, you feel your will to live waning almost as if it's being drained out of you. You both also take 1d6 power damage, willpower damage. What? Yes. 1d6? Yes. 1d6 willpower damage. Four points of power damage? Four points of power damage. Three points of power damage. Oh, oh, that's going to hit your sanity. It's funny you say that, Sydney. Because at that moment, both Jordy and Gavin collapse to the ground and fall on the soft earth, unconscious, and for all we know, most likely dead. The camera slowly pulls back and up 
and we hear nothing but the faint sound of wind in the trees and like far off sounds of owls and insects of the night and as we reach the treetops you look down at a bird's eye view of two unmoving unconscious bodies of Jordy and Gavin with a blackberry and a clay tablet on the ground by their heads and we'll see you there next time there is going to be an upside right (laughs) the blackberry's not even waterproof (laughs) we chose to do this ritual why why, why would we do this (laughs) this is terrible why would we do this? I hope this ritual is still under warranty because I want my money back. You got 11. You got 11. You got 11. Oh, man. 3,000 year warrant. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.